Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Deck Detectors. I'm your host, Phil S. Preston Esquire, and with me, of course, is Miguel Q. Sanchez. Uh, Miguel Q. Sanchez, how are you doing today, sir? No probalo. No probalo. That sounds good. Um, I'm assuming you don't want to have a probalo. No, no probalos here. I thought it was uh, poblano or something like that. Poblano, I thought that... Poblano, that's like a type of corn, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Or a maize or something like that. You know what I like? I like pulling out to Taco Bell and getting a couple of Questadelias. Yeah. I wonder if you got if you went to Taco Bell and, and requested some quesadillas, I wonder if they would, you know, know what you're talking about and, and just kind of roll with it, you know? I have on good authority from my own eyes and ears uh, watching my father order some quesadillas that they, in fact, will give you quesadillas if you say quesadilla. <laughs> well, that's good to know. Yep. I just, I just remember back in the day when I worked retail and I worked at, like, GameStop, um, you know, this is back when uh, the Sega Genesis, well, at this point, Sega Genesis had been starting to get phased out. We had like the Saturn and the Sega CD and all that stuff. Yeah. But uh, somebody would come in and be like, yeah, man, I want that new Sega tape. Tape? Like, okay. Yeah. I'm like, well, none of these mediums have any tape in them, but I'm going to assume you mean a cartridge. Hey, you so know. So here's the Genesis games. You I know? remember that back in like the original NES days, people calling them tapes. Yeah. Yeah. I do fucking remember that. Uh, Why are people so dumb? I mean, well, I, it kind of makes sense. I mean, it's kind of like a tape in the in the you know audio cassette way. It's a little plastic rectangle that does the media. Well, I guess they don't so, know what's in there, right? Yeah. Well, I, I don't see how they couldn't. But at the same time, you know, ignorance is rampant. It just it that's one of the the lesser ignorances. I don't know if even a word, but... It is now. Do? We're going to have us some quest-dedelias and some chimichongs. Give me a chimichong. It's 2020, man. Three quest Everything is up for grabs. I'm going to want a child... A child Rileno. <laughs> Let me get a child Rileno. I'll that's, tell you what. You know, everybody's all the time saying, Miguel, that's a pretty authentic-sounding name there. But as you can tell, I am, you know, like, on the spot with these pronunciations and everything. Let me tell you that tamales and child rilanos are probably my favorite uh, Mexican foods. Probably. Do you like tamales? Child, child rilano sounds like the name of a sex predator or something like, like you, something that Chris Hansen had to talk to him about. You know. But, Phil, do you do you like tamales? Uh, yeah, that's actually one of my favorite. Um, Latino foods. Latino, yeah. Latinx, isn't that what they're called now? Latinx, I don't know. Dude, I I don't know. I can't keep track of that stuff. Like, I just yeah. I just try my best. You know, if you can't figure out that that when I pass you the joint that I don't bear any, you know, ill will in my heart for you, then you know you're the one that's fucked, friend. You're the one that's fucked. I mean, if you're sharing, that's caring. Exactly. You know? That's that's all you need to know. But yeah. And we need a lot of sharing and caring in this world because right now it's it's still pretty much a fucking dumpster fire, at least in the U.S. Ah, oh, shit. crazy. The U.S. I was trying not to think about the U.S. Oh, okay. I mean, we live there, so it's kind of hard to not think about it, but I, I can know, understand I'm pretty that. pretty high. 
Oh, you are? Well, that's, that's good. Are you pretty high? Uh, actually, no, I'm not. Not right now. You probably need some tomatoes. Yeah, you can get pretty high on tomatoes. Man, imagine having about half a dozen tomatoes. Yep. And a couple of Just trial relenos. Shove them up your nose. There you go. But anyway, so, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Esquire and I were talking before the show. We were talking about how yep. we had been sidetracked by this whole, you know, having COVID infections up our butts and all this stuff. And uh, how we really haven't done anything that has anything to do with tech in a while. As a matter of fact, and don't worry, we haven't forgotten. We were talking about doing a show about uh, Quest for Glory. Mm-hmm. What was it's still on the table. Was it the first one that we were going to do? Yeah, because I haven't played any of them. I'm, well, I'll take it back. I played the first one a little bit back in the day when I was a okay. kid, but um, I haven't played it to completion. Okay. So. Okay. I was going to do that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're going <laughs> to do that, but right now what we're going to do is we're going to talk about technology. and uh, Yeah. Getting back to our roots. Yeah. So, uh, Mr. Esquire, do you like technology? Uh, I, I love and hate it at the same time. All, All right. right. What about you? What are your Good night, feelings? everybody. Oh, um, <laughs> what do I think about technology? I mean, uh, you know, I guess it's kind of the same thing. But I like technology, really but in the mm -hmm. last 20 years, most advances in technology, at least those that find their way to us as consumers, have mostly been really, really fucking cynical. Um, mm -hmm. whether it's just a oh, yeah. shit product that's a cynical cash grab or a product that tries to, you know, uh, uh, commodify or uh, monetize your uh, privacy just by virtue of using it, you know, these sorts of things. I don't like this about technology. I don't like the move towards more and more disposable products. And it's funny how that problem gets worse and worse in a time where we're supposedly becoming more you know, uh, environmentally conscious. I think that's interesting. Doing a good job there, Apple. But I'm not going to single you out, <laughs> Apple. Every fucking cell phone manufacturer basically are fucking guilty now because yeah. they create these fucking sealed devices. And it's getting to where it's a pain in the ass to change the batteries out in them, even for somebody who does know what they're doing because shit's fucking glued together now. You know what, guys? Fuck you and your glue, okay? If All I right. find you, if I find you and I have the opportunity... I'm going to glue something of yours somewhere where you don't fucking want it to be. All right? That's what I think about your fucking glue. Yep. You're not going to be able to get that out with a Torx wrench. Nope. But uh, the concept of technology I love. You know, I love the advancement of technology, things potentially improving our lives, yada, yada, so on, et cetera, et cetera. I love the idea of high technology, but... Um, I've said this to people and they tell me that I'm crazy, but, you know, not much has really changed uh, on the consumer front for technology in the last, you know, like 15 years or so. And they say, oh, you crazy. What about smartphone? And I'm like, well, I mean, the smartphone is basically just something we could do anyway, made to where it like fits in our pocket. But and that, yeah. that's cool. Don't get me wrong. But then somewhere along the line, it stopped being about having a pocket computing device and started being about having a cynical content consumption device in your pocket. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's pretty much what it is. We don't yeah. use our, I mean, we, we communicate with our phones and everything, but yeah. it's really all about social media and, and yeah. 
shit that I don't even shit. fucking use. I don't have any of that shit on my phone. If I go to a YouTube video on my phone, I use uh, fucking YouTube.com in the fucking browser. You know why? Because I actually have a fucking ad blocker installed in my fucking browser. Mm-hmm. I'm not paying them to not watch fucking YouTube ads. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> you got too fucking greedy. For a long time, I didn't give a shit because it'd be like a 15-second ad for like a 10-minute video. And I'm like, whatever. But then you start having these multiple ad breaks in the videos and all this stuff. And the whole thing just got cynical and it got fucking greedy. And it's like fucking television. Fuck you. I haven't seen a YouTube ad in eight years, probably. Just using, you know, ad blocking software that anybody can get. So, yeah. fuck you guys. And, and we're all we're all better for it. Um, I I have seen some positive stuff. And I, I don't know if it's just... At 2020, I don't know if this year has just gotten so bad that we're kind of flipping on its head and going towards some good stuff. But um, I don't know how to you know take this at face value but ibm is saying that they're actually backing out of the facial recognition software game um Hmm. and they're they're decrying a lot of the whole you know don't use it for surveillance kind of thing um and i think the whole the whole protest and everything that we're seeing right now is kind of a part of this um could be so here's the statement that the ceo uh arvid krishna said recently um that IBM firmly opposes and won't condone, you know, dot, 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 facial recognition technology for mass surveillance, racial profiling, or violation of basic human rights or freedoms. And anything that's not consistent with their values of trust and transparency, they don't want anything to do with it. Now, I, you know, you could always make the case that if they don't do it, someone else is going to do blah, you know, which is true. But if we don't have a high-profile company at least coming out against this stuff, it's never going to get better. You know, it's sure. it's just like the protests. Until until somebody got in their faces and said, hey, we have a problem, what's going on? Now they're talking about police reform. Now we're talking about transparency and, and, and anonymity and that kind of thing in a positive light. So I still see this as a, as a good thing. I don't know. You know, IBM you think? bought Red Hat Linux, you know, in the last couple of years or maybe a year or so also. Kind of makes me wonder what are they up to, you know? Because some more mm-hmm. uh, more flaws have been found in Intel processors. Um, I had that here earlier. Uh, do, 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 what did I do with it? Oh, you're talking about with the with Apple and their their moves? No, I'm talking about Intel. New uh, vulnerabilities were found in their processors. Oh, I I thought that might be why they're moving, but okay. No, they've been talking about. Uh, it's been kind of underground. Uh, which means it was probably the rumors were probably true about Apple moving to uh, ARM-based processors for a while. And of course, they're going to be in-house designed. So I guess we may mm-hmm. as well go ahead and talk about that. I'll, I'll I'll circle back around to the Intel thing, or I won't. You know. Um, it, well, I mean, if you can't find the specific thing, the point is the chi- Intel chipsets they're they're compromised as hell. Yeah, there's another. Uh, vulnerability that's been found. Uh, I don't remember what it was called, but I do remember some of the specifics, which was that potentially data could leak uh, to a program executed on one core. Data could be leaked from another core, which, of course, not a big concern on your desktop PC. Where this stuff becomes a concern is like on cloud platforms where you may be actually sharing server space with other companies and stuff. That's primarily where you're going to be concerned with stuff like that. But so that was the uh, I I got into the Intel thing while we were talking about IBM to say them having bought Red Hat 
and having their own like processor architecture that they use on Big Iron that they still have a good number of customers with, you know, the IBM Power processors. Uh-huh. And because, uh, you know, uh, Apple used to use IBM Power processors. Um, you know, uh, Power PC powered uh, Macintosh computers from, I um, may not have this quite right, but this is going to be close, something like 1994 to 2005, 2006. That was when they had the G5. Um, that was the last of the uh, Power PC processors. Yeah. So that was um, a long time, yeah. But what's making me wonder if IBM isn't trying to position themselves to be like the only like really security conscious, like big time, you know, data company. Interesting. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It makes me wonder if that's not going to be like their play for the future is being anti, you know, like surveillance economy, you know, what's currently going on in Silicon Valley kind of shit. And, you know, honestly, I mean, there's definitely going to be people that want to buy that. That's yeah. what that's that's what I'm saying, man. Honestly, that's going to be a big shit at some point. That's going to be a multi multi billion dollar industry all its own. I mean, what if they release like, a you know, some sort of specialized version of Red Hat? you know, they say is, you know, secured or whatever, and then they put it on their power processors that don't have these, like, ring zero fucking machines buried in them, like both the Intel and AMD processors do, and ARM, they all have, like, you know, ring zero environments buried in them. Like, you don't actually even access hardware ring zero anymore. You're actually, Mm -hmm. you know, at a higher level, even in the hardware, than you traditionally would have been years ago. There's actually an environment running under there that you have no control over. And that's that's all ARM processors, as far as I know, uh, all Intel and AMD processors. And, of course, I don't mean all that have ever existed, just, you know, anything right. you would be buying currently. Um, so, I don't know, maybe that's what IBM is up to, you know. IBM is one of those companies that you think they're down and out, but then you look at their patent portfolio and you go, okay, well, oh, it's, yeah, it's obvious true. these guys are never going anywhere. Um, they're like a vampire. As a matter of fact, even back in the seventies, I think it was when the Microsoft guys were starting to get fired up and the Apple guys were starting to get fired up. Even back then they were joking about IBM being a vampire because shit, it's a 19th century company. You know, this is a company that that's a good point. Started off with basically like typewriters and stuff like that. And, um, I think like adding machines and stuff back when that was all like purely mechanical before it was electronic. Mm-hmm. And here they are. They still exist, and they're still, you know, somewhat competitive in, uh, you know, the high-tech space of, you know, the 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 big iron. I mean, there's certain customers of theirs that won't use anything but IBM Big Iron, uh, like their, you know, power servers and stuff. My guess would be that's probably mostly government stuff at this point. But I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is just watch out for, uh, watch out for what IBM's going to be up to. I, uh, you know. That's the that's the Miguel Q Sanchez uh, tech tip of the moment. Get your stocks in uh, buy IBM stocks now because they're only going to go up, up, up. (laughs) Okay, so it's like um, Mad Money, but we don't have uh, (laughs) horns and other bullshit. Oh man, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) but um, yeah, that brings me to you know uh, Apple, which I brought up. A couple times we're mm-hmm. talking about that because they used to have the IBM Power stuff. So yeah, um, 
I mean, I think it's as official as it's going to get until they actually get on stage. And when is it this supposed to be? Like a couple of days. It's June 22nd. So they're holding WWDC, Worldwide Developers Conference. Uh, you know, if, if you're not familiar with that, uh, you're not that into tech. But it's the thing Apple does, you know, where they talk about all their products. You know, it's where all this famous stuff has happened. The release of right. the iPhone, yada, 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 et cetera. The uh, announcement that they were going to Intel from uh, IBM PowerPC-based stuff was at WWDC in uh, 2005, I think. But anyway. Oh, was that recent? Okay. Yeah, it was that recent. They've only been on Intel uh, chips for like 15 years. Mm -hmm. So they're supposed to be moving to ARM and not like, you know, Snapdragon or whatever processors like your uh, Android phones or whatever you're using. It's, of course, going to be the Apple-designed ARM chips like they've been using in their cell phones for a while now and their tablets. And, uh, I mean... It's obvious why they would be doing this. Uh, it's going to be cheaper to manufacture. Uh, it's going to bring their costs down on hardware manufacturing. It's going to allow things to be more locked down. They don't have to worry about having like their T2 security chip integrated on a board or anything anymore. It's all probably going to all be part of the SOC, the system on chip. Um, mm -hmm. I doubt their prices are going to go down. So, of course, their profit's going to go up. So now people will be paying like $2,000 for a, basically a, a cell phone with a 13-inch screen. And so <laughs> business-wise, slam dunk for Apple. Um, yeah. I don't know. People have said stuff like, you know, well, maybe they're, you know, trying to get back away from the malware again. And I'm like, nah, dude, there's been so much fucking malware that's in the fucking Android store that works on ARM architecture. I mean, oh, yeah. I don't think anybody's going to yeah, have any trouble you know, I, it's, I really it's never going to be, it's never going to be the way it was like in the early two thousands nah. where like nobody was writing anything for Apple. I, I, as much as the cynical side of me thinks that it's not going to be at, like it was, we're not going to see like these great, um, like media processing computers like we once had because everything was all built in house and right. And all that stuff with really great hardware. But it makes a lot of sense for Apple, not only like from a uh, a money profit standpoint, but just a like a, a brand standpoint. Because at this point, they're basically the same thing as a PC. So right. it's it, you're just you're paying for aesthetics. You're paying for like a different screen at this point. Now don't get so me wrong. So now they can say, oh, it's all in it's all in house. All the hardware right. is built in house to fit our our needs and yada yada yada. So now don't get me wrong. There's a part of me that's a little bit excited. Because mm -hmm. they're going to be making these chips on like a five nanometer uh, process, and shit. I think Intel's still stuck at like twelve, aren't they? Or or is it ten? Something like that. They were talking about coming out with seven, but I don't think it ever happened. So I, they may it'd be ten that they're stuck at. But I think AMD's making seven nanometer processors currently, and I think they might be about to move to five. So anyway, these SOCs that they're going to be building are going to be five nanometer parts. So they're going to be low power consumption and everything. But the thing is, man, if they're not like uh, custom designed like 20, 30 watt processors, you're going to be taking a big dive down in terms of processing power on your laptops. Mm -hmm. And you know what? You can look at fucking uh, biased graphs made by Apple themselves all day long. If you don't think it's going to be fucking slower, then you just do me a favor there, buddy, and you fire up a fucking uh, video editor or something like that, start rendering a video, and you tell me if the 5 watt processor <laughs> is as fast. That oh, being yeah. said, 
they may have that covered. You know, they are supposed to have done some pretty interesting stuff with the Mac Pro, the new Mac Pro, which is heinously fucking overpriced. Um, I mean, it's like their stuff's always been overpriced, but dude, the new Mac Pro is it's a fucking joke. But they've got an accelerator card uh, for uh, video decoding and encoding, I think. And it's, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, I guess it's like, uh, uh, fuck, what are they called? The Programmable Gate Array, PGA. FPGA, oh, okay, Field yeah. Programmable Gate I think it's FPGA-based, but it may not even be FPGA-based. It may just be uh, uh, ASIC, Application-Specific Integrated Circuit-based. Uh, which there's been a lot of advances taking place in that stuff because of the people like mining Bitcoin and stuff like that. That's all done on like ASICs now. So I don't know. They may integrate something like that on it, some sort of media processor, you know. If they do, more it, power it to them. That would be cool. I mean, yeah. Apple has done really awesome stuff with hardware in the past. It's just it hasn't happened in a long time. So if it does happen, I'll be pleasantly surprised. I think as a company, yeah. they were capable of it. I don't know if they are capable of it anymore. I mean, this this does this would fit Tim Cook's profile, being that he's the operations guy, you know, because he was, I think, the chief of operations, I think, um, chief operating officer, uh, if I'm not mm -hmm. mistaken, before he became CEO, or maybe he was working under the COO. Anyway, thing is... I'd love to see some innovation. Probably not. This is probably just a COO type person, you know, figuring out how to get the product cost down, the profit margin up a little bit higher still. I'm leaning towards that being the case, but I'm going to be open-minded and hope we're going to see some real hardware innovation because let's be honest, folks. If you're a young person trying to get into computers now, I feel sorry for you because all this stuff is so homogenous. And so just mm -hmm. give a company a bunch of money and it's just, it's not even remotely fun anymore. I'm not saying you can't do fun stuff with the computer, but the computer itself is just, it's not fun at all anymore, really. <laughs> yeah. I, not like it was. Uh, yeah. I'd have to I'd have to try to articulate it. I can't really think of a way to articulate it right now. Yeah. Um, it's definitely lost something. That, that hobbyist, you know, je ne sais quoi, it's just not there anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yep. Hang on, let me pronounce that correctly. The Jaina Sequa. Yep. Oh, there you go. Spot on. Jaina Sequa. Is that it? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> but uh, but don't worry, folks. Don't worry, folks. If you don't understand computers or computing, uh, it's okay because pretty soon uh, we're going to have AI that'll just do all the programming for you. You can just tell it what you want, and it'll, it'll bang out some code. Well, fuck. Um, what do you got there, they, Mr. Esquire? Well, uh, you know, we're not there yet, but the, the job apocalypse, I'm going to go ahead and coin that phrase now, Ooh. is coming. Um, let me tell you a little article I read today. Uh, it's from the end of May. Uh, Microsoft, their, their news uh, piece, the MSN.com, they've actually cut about 50 people and replaced them with artificial intelligence, uh, news aggregators and that kind of thing. Uh, to do like write-ups and and that kind of stuff, so I mean, damn, it, and they're, <laughs> yeah, 
they're taking planned content um they're maintaining uh editorial calendars and like assigning content to people uh for write-ups and basically being an editor uh for the humans there you go editors and, uh, you, you thought you were so important and so irreplaceable yeah and it's just like you know years ago when the robots took all the blue collar jobs and we're like oh you know it's not a big deal well guess what oh, they're coming for our jobs now too it's just a matter of time so i mean the people with all the capital I, will invest in technology to minimize their costs and right now the main thing to minimize costs is eliminating jobs like yeah for years and years we, they invested in tools that would make things more efficient and sometimes would cost a few jobs. But now they're investing in replacing us entirely. And it's amazing how you can't get people to wrap their head around how that's far different from anything that's ever happened before in the job market. And they call you crazy for thinking yeah. it's going to be a bad thing. I mean, yeah, it's, it's really going to become a thing where, like, human-crafted is, like, a selling point, like organic or I mean, or we're kind of there now. I mean, look at all the, you know bespoke mm -hmm. products that you know people will buy you know yeah. yeah but right now that's usually like you using well-worn artisanal right uh crafting methods now the whole method is like a human was involved at all uh but yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean if anything guys you know don't forget that we're still under a global pandemic and uh it's a lot easier well i'll say easier but if they can get a robot to do your job, they don't have to bring you back in the office ever. Ding, ding, you, ding, you know, ding, the ding, computer ding, doesn't ding. wear a mask, you know. Computer doesn't have a sick day. So it's it's in their best interest to just let somebody do it. And and the, I actually found this article uh, as a side note from another article where apparently uh, one of these AIs was uh, doing a, a layout for some interview with these uh, UK bands were like the everybody in the band is like a mixed race mm -hmm. um i can say that right so uh and so the ai I mean, i'm like not aware of that being offensive but who knows yeah so the the ai like couldn't tell the different people apart and would okay. put the wrong person's face next to the bit about their like contribution to the to the article and Facial it came out and the, and the people in the band yeah, the people in the band were like, "Hey, this isn't cool." You, you, you know, they started throwing around like uh, offense and and racist terms and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, but that's you know, the technology is not perfect yet, um, but it's getting there. We're seeing those those baby steps. Um, it's a lot closer than we think. I'm just gonna put that out that out there. Yeah, and like you said, there's definitely a uh, strong motivating factor right now. You know, with the pandemic going on. That you know, I mean, I. What do they say? I think in the future, necessity is the when mother someone of does like. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I feel like when when someone does like a documentary ten years from now about about the rise of the machines or whatever, they're gonna point to this time period, and say how much you know it it boosted the the need for this sort of thing to happen, the call to need, and that means that part of our conversation about uh, fixing our country. You know, not you know, beyond the the police brutality and racial profiling and and supremacy and whatnot is, you know, we're gonna have to consider this because more and more people are gonna be ousted and out of work. What are they gonna do? 
Are we going to retrain them to be, what, muckrakers? Machine feeders? I, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know where you go from your, a human's intelligence is no longer necessary. Like, what do you do? I don't know, you know? Nobody has answers to I mean, these questions. That's why most people avoid it, you know? I mean, I don't know if you've seen the documentary The Terminator, but human or robots are a lot stronger than we are. They are, a lot man. tougher. And I work out. So, yeah. I work out, and mm -hmm. it's still it doesn't matter. Like, uh, the robot probably can't even tell the difference between a person that works out or doesn't. Probably can't mm -hmm. even tell the difference. Yeah, that's a sad thing. Except, remember, in Terminator 4, they were, like, running around, like, punching machines weren't they <laughs> oh yeah Wasn't that what yeah we're definitely movie. gonna have to get some some argument augmentations to compete or something yeah that's well, that's the, the one thing that might those. be interesting yeah oh that's true you and i will get shitty goggles and some like uh, clunky gloves that we use to manipulate cyberspace mm-hmm Cyberspace, the final yep. frontier. These are the voyages of the shitty goggles and gloves. <laughs> it's 15-minute mission to prevent me from killing myself. <laughs> Your mileage may vary. YMMV. Well, uh, Miguel, I know we've been kind of going on in length talking about tech stuff, which is what our audience wants. You know, I, I get uh, oh, I, I get, get emails and, uh -huh, me and too. social media comments all the time. You know, they're telling us, oh, you guys don't do enough tech stuff. You just kind of bitch about everything. Yeah. Uh, we want you to bitch about computers. I, I feel like we've done a pretty good job with that. Um, I do want to bring up something kind of new and interesting. Not necessarily like new, new, but it's it's a positive thing. Ooh. Do you do you feel like hearing something positive? I always feel like hearing something positive, Mister Esquire. Well, uh, Miguel, um, I, I want to ask you. You know, one of the one of the things about our planet that's mm -hmm. mysterious uh, to those who care about these sort of things is that um, I had always been told that there was no way that we as humans were going to be able to reach like the very like the bottom of the ocean, like at the the deepest parts of the ocean. Is that that's kind of the impression you got too, right? Yeah, yeah. I I thought we'd gone what like thirty thousand feet down or something like that, but then there was Mariana's Trench that went down. I don't know how far, and I know they've discovered new stuff since then. But that was the big thing back when I was the wide-eyed kid looking in books was Mariana's Trench. Yeah. Well, so apparently, and within the Mariana Trench, yeah, uh, there is a, a depression called the Challenger Deep, and it's considered to be the deepest point in Earth's oceans. Well, apparently, former NASA astronaut Kathy Sullivan reached that depth. Um, says almost 6.9 miles below the surface of the Pacific Ocean. So that's that's pretty amazing. Congratulations, Kathy, and congratulations the yeah. uh, people who, you know, uh, put this mission together or whatever. You know, I'm, I can't think of the word. Sorry, guys, I'm really high. But, you know, all the people <laughs> involved. No, it's, it's a mission, and it, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, you're dealing with a lot of the same problems and challenges yeah. going into space that you are here. With, you know, 
maintaining pressure and except what's outside right desperately trying to get inside instead of the other way around yeah exactly <laughs> so i guess it's more like being a female than being like a male right oh there you go well yeah. it's uh then it's uh, appropriate mm -hmm. that kathy was the one who did it yep so uh, she's used to everything around her trying to get inside yeah <laughs> oh more topical humor there mm-hmm Oh, uh, we live in a really shitty place, let me tell you. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this is this is great, and I'm looking forward to see what kind of uh, like v video and photographs they they come up with. I mean, there's been some pretty interesting stuff in the in the realm of science. Uh, you know, earlier this year they they released some photos from UFOs and that kind of thing, and mm -hmm. openly admitted that we don't know what they were, and uh, they kind of got swept under the rug. Thanks they to could have been all pepperoni. The... We don't yeah. know flying pepperoni that sounds uh, but there are some there are reason. some interesting and exciting stuff so well I, you know that could be fun getting kind of more into the ocean stuff again like i said as a kid i was into that for a bit um mm -hmm. then of course i got like big into space and then big into sci-fi and big into star trek and now that we see that we're such a such an incredibly disappointing uh culture <laughs> that we're going to have to wait for the likes of, like, China and stuff to do anything interesting with space more than likely. But, and hey, that brings me to um, Elon Musk, who's someone I'm very um, uh, mistrustful of, and he fucking deserves it. The man himself has shown his true colors recently, and he's a piece of shit. But nonetheless, SpaceX, you mm -hmm. launched, you made it to the fucking ISS, you docked. As far as I know, everything was okay, and are they back home now? You know, the days really... It's hard to know how much time has passed anymore. Yeah, I, that's a good question. I, I agree. I want the days just kind of run into the other. I I would imagine they're not back yet. Uh, but if you recall, don't people usually go up there for like months on end? I didn't think it was months. I thought, uh, I mean, they can, like the the normally uh, staffed astronauts mm -hmm. that like run the place or whatever. I think they do like maybe like. 60-day tours or something like that, or maybe longer than that. There was actually a guy set the record recently, but I don't remember how long it was. Uh, mm -hmm. I, 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 I don't remember. It might have been six months. It might have been two years. I don't remember, but I do remember a guy setting a record. Um, but if you recall, our friends at Boeing, who you know are part of the military-industrial complex, which you know funnels shit tons of money out of our uh, national budget and then you know takes the big shit all over us, they actually tried to do a space launch not too long ago here and uh, missed the ISS, if you recall. They missed it entirely. Oh, nice. And that was an unmanned uh, uh, trip where they were sending up supplies. And uh, they sent it up, and it, something was wrong with the code and the burn program, and it just completely missed the ISS altogether. So good job, Boeing. Yeah. You're showing everybody... The kind of engineers you're fucking made of. Of course, it's probably not the engineers' fault. It's probably management. But right. <coughs> well, those are the guys that had all the uh, the problems with their uh, with their uh, the airliners, right? Yeah, exactly. The so I mean, seven thirty-seven Max Eight. I believe that was the one. Mm -hmm. uh, I wonder if those ever got back in the air again. You know, come to I, I think I recall seeing something about that. Wasn't that still kind of a story around the time this whole COVID thing? Oh, what's this the all massive Boeing cover up? Ooh, mm. 
could be. Well, you know, you've got our fearless leader, Donald Trump, saying that uh, Antifa is perpetrating conspiracies against the police to make them look bad. Right. <laughs> I love or that. Antifa, no, whatever. I don't know. I've heard it said both ways. What the fuck ever. Yeah. We all know what you mean. But that's where it, we yeah, are. Yeah, the whole thing is ridiculous. Society. It, if, if they were trying to make the police look bad, the police could have easily fix this by not doing bad things but they did it i know so, you just had to not assault yeah. people who weren't you know presenting themselves as a threat to you that's all you had to do right oh well i don't know man i fuck them every time the whole thing about police violence comes up let me just say this real quick i, yeah. I i'm reminded of when i used to work uh, i used to work at a coffee shop we'll, we'll say starbucks because it was starbucks <laughs> and uh you know. I'm sure that NDA so, has long since expired. Yeah. So, um, you know, and the cops would come in and we'd give them free coffee right. because they're they're cops and we didn't want any trouble. So, yeah, because um, that's how it is. Yeah, that's kind of how it is. Fuckers. And it. L listen, let me tell you, if you got a new person in there and they didn't know about the rule about cops and they tried to get the cops to pay for their coffee, uh, there there would be some crosswords. Yeah. But anyway, uh, they came to expect it. So anyway, this this cop comes in, and uh, he's standing around talking to his buddy cop, and uh, and then something comes over the radio, and they're like, there's some kind of like public disturbance, and the guy like puts his hand on his pistol, like his his service revolver or whatever. Uh -huh. It's not a revolver, sorry. He puts it on his service gun, and he kind of looks at his buddy. And he's like, oh man, I hope there's not a lot of people. I get really skittish in crowds, and I was like. You have a gun. You're supposed to be trained. You, you do not need to be skittish in crowds. That seems like the worst <laughs> time for you to be owning a gun and, and being able to use it with impunity. It just... <laughs> it's terrifying. Yep. So, so no, America. Antifa... I don't know. I, I've seen a lot of things in my time. Antifa does not strike me as a coordinated assault force on America. And even if nah. they were, all all we have to do, all the cops have to do is stop macing innocent children, you know, or <laughs> or hitting hitting pregnant women with rubber bullets in the stomach, you know, like it's or shooting it's, people the bar in the is eyes with rubber bullets. Low. Yeah. Yeah. Members of the fucking media. Or, or knocking over 75-year-old men and cracking their skulls open. <laughs> it's yeah, just, it's, I know, right? It's not hard. <laughs> it really isn't fucking hard to look better than you do right now, you motherfuckers. Yep. Fuck them. Ridiculous.